Hi, it's Emily from the Modern Romantic Podcast. I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us for the very last episode that we recorded in 2023. We are so grateful to have finished off two years and are going strong into our third year. It's an exciting time and we hope that you'll join us for another year and season of phenomenal guests and incredible stories and an amazing community. Thank you again. Welcome everybody to the Modern Romantic Podcast, where we celebrate and inspire romanticism by featuring passionate people doing incredible things. I, I am Emily, and Trey is not with us today. Um, he decided to take the holidays off, and I don't blame him one bit. So I am here with uh, Keith and Rachel from Flower Press Studio. They make gorgeous art with pressed flowers, and I am so excited to talk to them. Welcome to the podcast, Keith and Rachel. Thanks, Emily. Thanks for being here. Um, Yeah, totally. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I said yes, totally. That's great. Um, Yeah, I'm glad you made it. And uh, your cat, Ivy, I don't want to leave her out. She deserves to be recognized. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Our little spoiled cat. In case she comes back and makes an appearance, at least least we've introduced her. (laughs) She's usually in the newsletters and the signature. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, she's their studio cat. Yeah. Studio cat. I love it. That's how it should be. Yeah. It's like we have a podcast cat, so. Yeah, (laughs) I support this. So you have been doing, first of all, I, I didn't know how to describe the art that you do, and I don't know if you struggle with that too, but for people who maybe are just listening and can't, maybe immediately see what you do. Can you describe, you, you do more than just press flowers. You're also shaping them. And um, I mean, it all starts with pressing all the flowers that we can um, and like <laughs> just literally pressing everything that we possibly can. Um, but before you press the flowers, mm-hmm. like Rachel's a much better presser than I am. Well, Keith has taken over doing all the art. So I have to do something. So I press the flowers. Yeah, last year was a bit different than this year in terms of how we are operating. Um, but yes, we press flowers and then Keith makes really cool things out of them. But pressing That's... flowers is like, there's a step for it where you have to like, deconstruct like the flowers. Like you have to imagine what the flowers, like what the outcome is that you okay. want after it's all pressed. Like you so... can't just take a flower and stick it in a book and yeah and be done like there's more to it most of the time is prepping the flower Mm -hmm. to go into the press um that's where most of the time actually comes from is like you know taking little scissors and cutting off you know little buds or little branches and stuff (laughs) like that it's true yeah it's it's very time consuming oh i bet you know it's kind of like sewing i guess um that's what I can draw from anyway, where the sewing part is like step four, because step one through three is getting your pattern, cutting it out, making sure you're getting the right size cut, prepping the edges if you need to, lining things up, and then you get to sew. So mm-hmm. I understand. Right. There's definitely preparation involved. For yes. sure. Yeah. So, so, and then. Oh, go ahead. No. I, and then there's a lot of steps after they come out of the press, too. So. 
it's yeah. time consuming. Sure. Like all, like most crafts, they're time consuming. And sometimes you wonder why you're doing it, but <laughs> here we are. But I, but I guess if you were to put it in simplistic terms, it's yes, pressing and then just designing with what you have available. Um, yeah, if you well, wanted to think about it that way. It's important though, because I feel like the value of what you do outside of it being a fabulous art form is also in all the time put in the prep and the, you know, finishing the product or whatever. So if you're selling pieces, there's more to it than just smashing flowers between objects and making them flat and dry. Yes, so. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And also just, I mean, dealing for everybody who does pressing flowers for bridal bouquets, that is just, it's a whole new, it's a whole nother thing. So, which we are trying to get out of the bridal bouquets just to like make your own original art, which will be really cool to focus on next year. So do you press other things like what besides flowers? Yeah. So this, so last year was just all flowers. And then this year, except for that one. Except, and then we, well, we did some vegetables. We had a bouquet last year that was, um, it was a flower farmer. Well, it was a flower it was a flower, a flower farmer. Farm, and then the bride actually owned a vegetable farm. And they shared like the same, they leased the same land. Yeah. So the flower farmer made her bouquet and put vegetables in it. So we're like, all right, we're going to press these. Yeah, like, so we, there were like beets and eggplants and peppers and uh, carrots. And so we combined, like we tried pressing them and it was actually really cool. So, yeah. So this yeah. upcoming year will be all about mm -hmm. like, experimenting with fungi and fruits and more vegetables and um, just getting into other mediums of pressing, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, just to keep experimenting and have fun with sure. it because, yeah. Yeah, why not? I, I want to make a, well, I want to press a bunch of vegetables to make a full pressed like fruit and vegetable piece so I can see it, people hanging it in their kitchen or, you know, a culinary piece would be really neat. Mm hmm we both worked in restaurants like oh. quite a lot and Rachel grew up in a restaurant and um, yeah. So our, our backgrounds are like all service-based food stuff. Do you have a yeah. passion for food then too? Eating healthy. Eating is clean food eating, is yeah. important and where it's sourced from. So yeah. I would say we have a passion for food. I, I certainly do. I used to be a baker too and mm. You know, my mom owned a restaurant, so it would be neat to incorporate more food stuffs into yeah. into this medium. I love that. Yeah. One thing I noticed, because I'm big into gardening, um, vegetables primarily, but I, you know, I like flowers too. And one thing I always noticed was um, okra plants have gorgeous flowers, and they're big, and they're beautiful and amazing. And it's kind of missed because we eat them. Well, we eat the pod, the seed pods as okra, but the plant itself is gorgeous. And I've grown them among my like front yard landscaping because I just love the flowers that much and they will bloom all summer. And I was so thought about that. Sorry to interrupt, but no. you know, that's like a awesome point because vegetables have beautiful flowers before they turn into mm -hmm. the vegetables. So I was thinking it would be really neat to eventually make, um, the flowers before they become vegetables, like press all those flowers and make a piece out of that too. 
Um, but I do know what okra flowers look like and they are really cool for the few pieces of okra that I've been able to grow. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've maybe gotten like five, uh, five fruits total. Wait, when did you plant? I don't think our climate is humid enough and um, winter sometimes comes very early where we are. So it's like, they're just starting to develop and then we'll, it'll snow in like September. So, oh, okay. Yeah. And that, or maybe I'm just not starting them early enough. Anyways. It's okay. relatable. I'm in Minnesota, yeah. mid middle of Minnesota. So it, the season oh, yeah. here is very short too. And so, yeah, I've started them inside in February because otherwise must... I don't get okra. Zone four for gardening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cold. <laughs> yeah. But it's humid there, though, in the summer, which could help, maybe? Um, It can get humid. I also lived for 15 years in South Carolina, where okra will grow like wildflower. It's a, it's a wildfire is what I meant to say. Wildflower. wildfire. Is <laughs> that, that was a pun that was absolutely not intended. Um, it... <laughs> But it grows well there because it's hot and it's humid and the season is very long. And here, I got it to grow just fine this year as long as I started it early. Mm -hmm. And we didn't, we had it, we started out hot and then it kind of mellowed out for the summer. But we got some okra. Not a lot, yeah. but we got some. I, I don't think I watered enough here. We get maybe 12 inches of rain a year in Denver, oh. so... That doesn't help very much either. So. Yeah, 12 inches a year? Yeah, for rain. So that, snow is yeah. different. Snow is different, I think. Yeah. It must be, yes. Yeah, I think just... I think. This is precipitation. Because <laughs> an inch a week is what they recommend for gardens. So if... Well, for most plants, but depending on the plant. But an inch a week is quite... A, that's a good... That's like a good rainstorm every week. And that's yeah. odd. That's hard to find. I think here most places, even Hard here. Yeah. I don't I mean, know. That'd, be, that'd be awesome yeah. if we had one rainstorm. I was like, perfect. One rainstorm a week. We had well, a spring like cool. that. I think actually this spring, this past spring was like that and it was amazing. And then the rain stopped in June. So we had some weird weather. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have snow now? It hasn't no. really been snowing either. <laughs> it's, it was like six. It's been sixty degrees the past three days. It's yeah. Denver. Denver is like that though. It's uh, a little schizophrenic weather patterns. A little all over the place. Yeah. So, do you grow your own flowers then? As we well? we have like three. We have like three whole really big presses downstairs with all of our garden flowers that we pressed over this you know past few months or past few like spring the last season fall, the last yeah. seasons yeah the last our, whole season the flowers we grow are very um, yeah they're, not, they're like reseeding annuals are perennials um, and like perennials that do well in this climate i'm not like trying to plant dahlias or grow ranunculus i did both of those things and i did not dig up the tubers and none of my dahlias came back. So dig up your tubers. <laughs> and then if you don't cover yeah. your dahlias, they'll get eaten like so quick. And then we have a lot of grasshoppers here. And then also oh. ranunculus. I didn't take out the bulbs and I think I watered them too much. So they literally rotted and mm. none of my ranunculus came back. But we that was also like I did that the year we started this business. And it was just like 
so crazy your first year doing this that I didn't have the energy or bandwidth to do anything else. But you had you. okay. so you had to get from a point where you were like, okay, we're we're pressing flowers and we're doing this cool art. And then poof, now it's a business. (laughs) When did the what happened before the poof? Like what made you turn that into a business? The poof started June of 2022. Uh And so about a year, I guess like a year before that, you know, Rachel had her garden of, you know, we had poppies and calendula and cosmos, cosmos, really simple stuff. And like, I was like, I'm going to press some flowers. And And I was like, okay, Keith, have fun. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, I just, I don't know, because there's just so many flowers. I don't even know why I originally, I don't know. I just was like, let's just press some flowers because there were so many. And so we just pressed a bunch and I made a few pieces and um, I was, you know, learning how to frame the pieces and like learning how so to this make was, frames. And it was just all hot. That was it all was just fall like, 2021. Basically fall 2021 is kind yeah. of. Yeah. And I was just, I was working a job and, um, I, and, and so we, we incorporated the business and we're like, okay, let's go into bridal bouquets because it's at least something to start to like get our name out there. And it's easier to like build a relationship with florists or wedding planners and stuff like that. And Denver has a good wedding market too. And yeah, and and Colorado has a really good wedding market as a destination state for weddings and because there's all these mountains and it's gorgeous and blah, blah, blah. But that was like the easier route to go into is like, let's just start with weddings um, instead of trying to create, I didn't know what, we didn't know what we were doing at anything at all. neither of us are artists. Like, we are not artists. Keith was not an artist before this. I drew stick figures. I love so. drawing stick figures. <laughs> I love uh, this though. Those all day long. And so basically, like, our, we, we, we had like a handful of bouquets and deposits down and stuff like that for the last season. And 2022 then, season. Yeah. And then it kept like, it kept going like more deposits and stuff like that. And we reached out to a whole bunch of florists and, you know, whatever like built those relationships up and then it got a little crazy i got laid off in june and that's when our business actually started to go 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 somewhere like more deposits and more conversation emails coming in like intake forms and stuff like that and um and so that's basically we ended that first season (laughs) in a horrible mental state uh because it was absolutely, it crushed us like kind of in spirit, like physically, like we didn't leave the house. We didn't see friends. We worked every single day and that was not fun. Grateful for the it business. It was fun for a little bit. It yes, was like, it was, oh my gosh, we like, have like 30 yeah. bouquets yes. this month. We have 50 bouquets next month. We have 70 bouquets. It, it was, was just fun like... in the moment, but after when you reflected about what like you just went through. And then you had to design all of them. You're like, oh my gosh, what did we now do? Now the work happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it was just it was just like, okay, something needs to change. And that's why it didn't take us long to figure out something that would need to change because Rachel had breakdown moments of quitting and like quitting yeah. my own midnight, <laughs> you know, driving off and being and then like, well, that was after Rachel. a bride complained about this piece that was oh. it was really a really cool piece. Gorgeous. And like I think we're pretty sensitive people. And I was like, I'm done. <laughs> 
we're yeah. not doing this anymore. Because it's like, well, with any artist, like when you it's put something art, yeah. in like so many hours and like the process and everything, and then you like have all the stresses of them like sending the piece and like mailing it and then to get back. And it's just like, you just got, you know, shut down. It was just. Well, in all fairness, fun. Keith did a totally different style for that piece. So it wasn't what she was expecting to get. So now we do like previews, like here's a picture of what, about what your final piece will look like. Are and you guess, okay with this? Yeah. Um, but also her piece, the one that she didn't like, and we actually, I think, gave her almost a full refund because yeah. I the first didn't time. have a backbone then. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And I like That's freaked so out and, and I just didn't want to deal with any more emails or any more complaining or just like, I, I don't like conflict. I avoid it, um, which I think this business has taught me to be yeah. better with conflict and be okay with it and be able to sit with it. Um, but yeah, I... Or was like, oh yeah, so now we like photograph the bouquet before we glue it and be like, this is what you're going to get. Or like this is a similar so, like layout yeah. that you'll get and you either get it approved and <clears throat> most likely like it's always been normally fine. I think we had like three and this is like it's it's so minimal, it's like three people, but it's each so one, easy to focus on the negative. Yeah. You have all these wins and then you focus on like the one or two people that didn't like it and mm -hmm. which is like anything I don't know. you read comments just, of anything on instagram that's and what i was gonna really say cool. you can have 300 amazing comments and then you have one that's like you guys should quit working and doing what you're doing and that's the one you're and you're like okay yeah we will yeah. <laughs> stew on that one and yeah. ignore the rest of the 300 amazing ones well, humans I are think weird <laughs> with any of the negative comments you literally you cannot battle them you just leave them be because it's so bad to even try to it's you want to stick up for yourself so badly but it usually leads to nowhere so either you just block them and you just they're they're done and you move on and you we've only done that with one person your energy on other things but like reading through all of the nice comments and like becoming pretty social with some people mm -hmm. is extremely amazing like feeling um, you know, I know it's just a platform, it's all virtual, but some of these people is like, it's a pretty awesome connection yeah. that you make with certain people. For sure. And, and you also notice, cool. you start to notice the people who comment on a lot of things. Like you start to notice the people who are really there watching what you do. So like, I think we've made some nice relationships through our Instagram account, which has been kind of cool. That is yeah. cool. Yeah. You've For kind sure. of created a community, whether you wanted to or were trying to or not you we weren't this trying neat to. community going on yeah 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 we have there's this one really cool gal in new zealand um and the penny farms no, Penny Farms. yeah she's really funny she's i don't know i don't know she's, she just has a quirky personality yeah. and she grows flowers and has chickens and we're like we can't wait to go back to New Zealand and meet this person in person. That's so awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's how it should be. That's how it should yeah. be. Yeah. And yeah, I mean there's 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 a lot that we could talk about about good Instagram people. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean there's good people everywhere. It's just the stupid negative comments that come out of nowhere and they're like they derail you and then you're like focused. You're so focused on this negative comment and you're like, I should just 
Yeah, there was one really, there was one really bad one on Thanksgiving Day, and I was like putting all this energy into it. Like, what should I say? Rachel literally spent. We were outside by a fire, and Rachel was there for about an hour trying to figure out what to say. And like, I don't really care at all. And then yeah, we eventually got there, and then it was fine. Yeah. But anyways, I can relate to that. Yeah, there was one (laughs) photo I posted once, and it's relatable because. Well, okay. I, I imagine you get people who are think they know better than you about flowers and pressing flowers and all of that. And that's what happened to me. I did a photo shoot with a horse. I've, I've done tons of photo shoots with horses, but this one decided to get a horse expert in the comments. And it didn't need it. I was creating art. I didn't do a portrait anybody paid for. It was just a piece of art we decided to go out and create. And it was for fun and it's supposed to be fun. And we went out and then someone tore it apart in the comments and I didn't see it right away, but everybody else involved with the photo shoot saw it first. And I walked into uh, work one day and one of the girls from the photo shoot was, uh, was there and said, did you see Instagram? And I was like, no, I've been driving here. (laughs) And she's like, Oh, your Instagram blew up. (laughs) And I went, what? (laughs) And we looked and it was, um, my it was on fire and i is just, it still all on there no or i took i took it all i deleted it all yeah. yeah i could i didn't want it up there and i didn't want it to remind me of ugliness and yeah. i just blocked the person and um but it's relatable yeah because then that was in my head for days after that like did we really do anything wrong did we do something like maybe we should think about this a little no i was making art it was supposed to be fun the end it can be yeah. the end yeah but yeah I think- I think with negative comments, the the best feeling to combat a negative comment is when your audience fights the fight for you. <laughs> and it really is, it's so humbling and so absolutely amazing when other people are literally sticking up for you and yeah. they're being your voice. And it's like, it's, it's so, it's just cool to have that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's there's only like three comments. Yeah, there's not there's not a there's not a lot of negative comments that people are like, why are you creating flower flower art? art? (laughs) There's there's not much of that happening. Like, there's been thousands and thousands of comments through our stuff, and ninety nine point nine 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 are absolutely awesome. Like, well, and it should be like, how in the world are you saying something negative about flowers and art? Like, come on. Well, one one comment was print over print pricing, which I thought our print pricing is actually pretty reasonable, but I get it. It's like, it's a print, but there's also a lot more that goes on into a print than we would have ever thought. You know, I had no, no clue about any of this mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. six months ago. So, and then one was about um, how you should leave all, all the flowers for the birds and the bees. And that one cracked me up. Um, because it's like most of these are wedding bouquets and we're getting them like all the flowers were going to be thrown away anyways after the wedding. And then so we would we would. And then also yeah. deadheading flowers is great. Like you deadhead them and more grow back. Um, and you're supporting your local like community of nice. working with local farms, flower farms and like local florists and. Anyways, but yeah, that and then like you look through her Instagram account and she had a vase of flowers sitting on her counter and it was like, okay, Anyways, <laughs> how is this any different? It was just we can move on from yeah. Instagram. Yeah, we can move on. 
Well, I'm glad you have an over... Yep, here we are. <laughs> I'm glad you have an overwhelming amount of positive comments and support yeah. because that's how it should be. And thank you, Velvet, for your two cents. <laughs> she she agrees with me. <laughs> oh, sweetie. So We love cats. So Yes, yeah. I, I love that about you guys. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, can't go wrong. Well, you could, I suppose. I'll I think in the past, like, I would study cat behavior. Keith <laughs> wants to be a cat behavior. A cat uh, behavior. Psychologist now. It'd be amazing. Yeah. Domestic cats and wild cats. Mm -hmm. That'd be so fun. It would. The, my cat Oliver is um, a savannah, so he is part African serval. Um, and so watching his little bit of wildness in him comes out once in a while. And he's like such a small percentage that it's not really noticeable. But every now and then there's a little thing. And the farm I got him from told me these are the things to watch for. And they were right. And so every time he does that, like, for instance, he'll run with his tail straight over the back of his back, which is not that's something a wild cat does. And most domestic cats don't. And so little things like that I pick up on. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. that is cool. The one, th one time he got out of the house, there was only once where he got out and he actually took off, like running. And he was running with like, it was this moment of, he was running at full, what I thought, who knows, <laughs> maybe only him, what was looked like full speed down the neighborhood, like, at the time I was kind of in the semi in the country. So he took off and was running toward the neighbor's yard, which was like an acre away. He's running full speed toward their yard. Thank God it wasn't toward the street. And he's just tearing. And I'm like, that is, this is beautiful. This is a beautiful moment. He's like a cheetah and he's just running. And I get to watch this cool moment of him like full out running, but he's running away from me. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, come back. Yeah. But it was this beautiful slow motion moment. How'd you get him back? Um, I I just I think he freaked. I'm trying to remember. He kind of freaked out once he realized how far away he was, and then I just I didn't want it, him to feel like I was chasing him, so I just sort of slowly walked over and he stopped, and I was able to grab him. Yeah, and he hasn't been that far since. <laughs> He's a little <laughs> nervous about it now. I think he scared himself. And that's okay because I cannot have him out there running around. Yeah. But yeah, he was the 16 pounder. Yeah. It's a big cat. He is. Yeah. He's big. He's very long, very athletic. Yeah. yeah anyway, I didn't need to get into that. <laughs> no, it's fine. So you, but you have this style that is also unique. And that's one thing I wanted to talk about with, um, like how you arrange this the flowers and things on your artwork is something that's really kind of a cool different thing that I noticed right away when I started following you because um, I've seen pressed flowers before I've pressed four leaf clovers and things like that and uh, I mean at a rudimentary level anyway so but where did this style come from did it just morph over time or did you just try something out and went oh this is it um other people were I mean, doing there is deconstructed things yeah like you can i mean deconstructed is just a broad term of not having flowers in like a, bouquet, like a bouquet type of shape there's 
I mean, you can use whatever term you want. It's just we deconstruct it as just like all the flowers are more individual. Like, yeah, then. exactly. Um, and then you know, creating the rhyme and rhythm of it, and like the fluidity of like how the piece looks to like someone's eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, that just happens. Keith just, that just made... I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. I just started like I just started it and I tried doing like some deconstructed pieces for a couple um brides. Uh, brave brides because brave it was something brides. different than that what we were doing. We were just doing what everyone else was basically doing, which is just like okay. this kind of style. And mm-hmm. um then we started like, hey, there's this deconstructed style. Do you want to try it? And a couple said yes, and it was like, oh, this is really cool visually. And uh, and then it was kind of learning more and more, like, do I want to, like, is it going to be really, really in-depth, like, full of all sorts of variety and stems? And um, I don't pre-plan anything. I guess some of the pre-planning is, like, what flowers are going to be used in the piece. Um, but to me, it's like all colors go together, and uh, it's. I think in, I just start in the lower left-hand corner, and I basically do tiny, tiny sections. So like, I could put down a huge section of flowers, and then I will glue like one piece down, and maybe take everything else away, and then start over. And like, it's like a building block, like literally you're building at the start, like so small, because you have, you're trying to figure out a path, basically, as you're designing of like, what you want this to look like. Okay. And there's, I have no idea what it's going to look like to be the end results. Awesome. But I have all the pieces, like everything scattered in front on the tables in front of me. And I'm like, I have all these things to use. And now I just had to use them. And so it's just experimenting. His brain works a little different than a lot of people's. Like I, he's really goofy, and um, some I, of his ideas, you're like, okay, this isn't gonna work. But he just he just kind of marches to the beat of his own drum, which I think has actually worked really well. Yeah. Flower art. Um, yeah, like I yeah, like grafting flowers, <laughs> and you're saying like like I'll see a particular stem, and then you know, maybe invert it and be like, okay, there's this other stem from a whole different like flower species, but like somehow they go together and like, maybe I'll leave like, you know, a centimeter or a millimeter apart from them, but it looks like it's flowing from one stem to this whole different one. Mm -hmm. And I like when things like fit, you know, like, um, it's like a puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically, it's basically a puzzle every time. And, you know, if, if it's like a pointy flower like this, I want it to fit perfectly and like in a perfect spot in the piece. So he'll like pick up flowers and like scan over the whole piece of yeah, the like flower. I'll be putting it down it, like yeah. on, on the paper and all okay. these different spots. And then I'll be like, I'll be, this is the spot for this one. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's basically just all experimental as I'm designing. So like all of the Instagram reels, are, they're so quick and it, doesn't show really anything of the overall like what goes into it it just is like little clips of you can tell from the shirt changes how long he's been at it yeah (laughs) 
whatever his shirt changes is another day. That's or, good. I like that. So. But it's it's just standing for hours, looking down, like because I can't. Some some artists will put their pieces on a like an easel, an easel because they glue. They just like yeah, they just glue each flower. But you're flat. Yeah. You do yours. I am yeah. flat. flat. That's my vantage point, and it's probably not the best for my back and neck. But <laughs> it's the way I see everything because I I'm also seeing all the flowers, like all the loose flowers that I can use. Like it's basically my paint it's is bird's eye. Yeah, and so I can see everything, and so I can just, I guess I can just visualize what sure. I'm looking for. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's one thing that I like diving into because your process in your I guess I kind of believe that whether you realize it or not most artists have various practices and, and rituals even to producing the art the way they produce it whether or not certain tools always have to be on the right or the left of their workspace or you know mm -hmm. little things like that what music is playing what it's like your reason plus in uh, cooking mm -hmm. or like setting up your space before you i have like the smallest thing is i just i always have my glue on my left side and i have two tweezers that i sharpen with a file so they're like razor sharp Ooh, rachel hates that and i do sometimes every time i use one of keith's tweezers i like totally wreck the flower because it just stabs the oh. flower and mine are much more dull and it's like okay i could approach it at a decent angle rather than like Putting the You're whole piece to that. My tools yeah. are like razor sharp, and I like file it, so it's literally I can. And sometimes, you know, I poke my fingers, and I like start bleeding, and I yes, yeah. they're very very sharp, and I just that's my like clean start. Is like got my cardboard to glue on, and I got my glue, and my I angle my little cup of glue, and so like you know the glue funnels to one spot, so it's not spreading over. Like I do have little things they do but it's not extraordinary like routines Maybe yeah i guess it's a routine. yeah yep love it you have <laughs> a piece that i'm looking at on your instagram from august i guess it is anyway so you've got it's it looks like it's a print you're holding up but uh, there is an original because that's how you make prints and one of them looks like the pod of like a poppy Maybe. A poppy pod, yeah, yeah, and, and the black background one, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm going, Happy. how you can't press that easily, can you? We cut so, it in half. So you, oh, you, okay. you, you spice it in half, and then there's a whole bunch of little seeds in the poppy yeah. pods, of course, mm -hmm. and you can save them and just use them in your garden. I have a whole um, um, box of poppy pods that I've saved from, or like of the seeds from all the poppy pods after we cut them in half. Oh, I bet. And I'm saving them for our new house when we move. Oh, yeah. neat. Everywhere. Yeah. But yes, poppy pods are. Um, so the biggest thing, like, I guess I'm going to sidetrack just real quick. Go for so it. when you press flowers and the outcome comes out and if it's not perfect, like let's say the stem isn't perfect or the leaves or there's crinkles or there's even like some browning or whatever imperfections. imperfections are, I think so fun to use in the pieces. It doesn't have to be this like pristine, like everything worked out in like this magical world, you know, it's just like, 
this is what it pressed. Like, this is like, we did our best with the press. Like we followed exactly what we do with like changing out the paper, like a million times and like blah, blah, blah. But like, yeah. this is what it came out to be. And if I, if I think it can be used in the piece, like I will hundred percent use it. If it's missing petals off of a sunflower or whatever, like I'll use it because then it just means I can fill in those little gaps of imperfections with like smaller little tiny things or stems or whatever. So it's just like anyone that's ever like, if you're pressing flowers, like just like embrace the imperfections. And I love that. Use... To a point. Yes. If it's like, <laughs> if it's molding and it's like completely brown, like I would not use that in a piece. Like, if you would, have bugs in your pressed flowers because. <laughs> um, well, we've... some, some are, some people do have, there's a presser in Australia. In there. Yeah. Um, what's her name? Oh my gosh. I mean, if you're pressing bugs on purpose, that's one thing. Yeah. But if it's like sure. you have maggots because it's molding and they're in there eating. The... There's this one, be I think it was some sort of beetle, like a tobacco beetle or something maybe that got into, um, they hatched out of a flower that was in one press. And I think it moved over to other presses. And this is someone who does bridal bouquets. And I think it was this whole fiasco. So now I think she stores each press in a plastic box and she will freeze them. I don't know if she's still doing this. You can freeze them to kill the bugs, but you have to freeze them for like a week at 32 degrees. Well, I don't know. What the Denver Herbarium, they, yeah. they do that. We visited the botanical gardens and um in denver and they showed us their herbarium and like the process of it all and they actually do freeze all their specimens like mm. um before they store them just to make sure all but there's this like a regulated insects. freezer like temperature everything's like regulated in a because they have species <laughs> from like a couple cent couple hundred centuries ago because pressed flowers have a very scientific background to it um well they tracking. do like soil samples and they do dna they look at its dna and like try to figure out where and like, like what's changing things... in certain areas anyways yeah. sure certain... it's pretty yeah. interesting so they could be bringing back a bug from centuries ago that we didn't know was even around or well, flowers are like totally non-existent in that space oh, sure. where it was before so like if you're giving flowers to like a cities or, or like an herbarium you should like you're supposed to document it mm -hmm. so they can save that and then let's say in 10 or 20 years like they can keep understanding what the land is doing and like yeah, if there's invasive the invasive species or what's still growing there or if you know right fascinating it's kind of like the bird book the bird book that my grandparents had i inherited and in this bird book, it's from like the 50s or 60s. And it has the migration patterns of these birds. It's called Birds of North America. You can look it up. You can get a current edition even. And I think my stepmom may have had that. Could be. It's probably a really popular book. It has all these illustrations of birds. So when you see one near you, you can identify it. And it shows like the winter, um, I almost said foliage, the winter feathers versus summer and juvenile versus adult etc and then <laughs> josh had one that was more recent he has a more recent edition and we were comparing the two and the migration and that where the birds currently live is very different 
Like mm-hmm. even for cardinals or something like really common, it they would like no longer be in this area that they used to be in. And I know it's birds, but it's kind of like a plant or a flower. That you yeah, know, totally. Yeah, yeah. Like, sure. Things change. Mm-hmm. But it was fascinating to see how in the forty plus years it had been, or whatever difference in the in the dates of these two editions of the same book, how it had changed was amazing. So I think it's neat that they track that sort of thing with plants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we're also talking about, because we were talking to them about how flowers fade, like pressed flowers will fade. They won't yeah. have their color all the time. And they're like, maybe it it's has like... something to do with like the molecular structure of the pigmentation of each flower. Like blues seem like they stay, blues and purples. Hmm. But you know, we've pressed some calendula, like orange and yellow calendula, and that's totally faded out within two years. Whereas we've seen, you know, 20 or they had specimens of delphinium from the late 19th century. Wow. And um, they still had their blues. Wow. Like the delphinium was still blue. So that's also, that's like one of the biggest questions that we always got was like fading. Why are you doing this? Like it's going to fade or does it fade or whatever like that. And yes, yes, the flowers do fade. But that's also okay. It's the same thing as like your imperfections of we're aging. We get wrin- like, wrinkles, but that doesn't mean you throw us away. I don't know. It still is like <laughs> really gorgeous. Yeah, seeing the piece evolve as it is. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and you can get into color correcting. A lot of people color correct now, but we have not. What does that mean to color correct? You paint, you, you paint petals or you paint the flowers, but it's never going to be the exact color of the. People flower. do. Some but they do are, a pretty good yeah. job. There's there's a few people that do a pretty good job. And it's mainly the, where we see it is people that are doing broader bouquets. Okay. Is they'll color correct like a lot anem- of roses. Anemone, roses. And white anemones are anemones. 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 Who knows? Anemones, I, I think, are a creature. Anemone? Anemones. It's the spring flower and the white ones, they always press horribly. Like you, their veins of them always brown, even Mm -hmm. if they're, sometimes you get like a really perfect press on them, but uh, not often. So a lot of people will color correct anemones. Yeah. (laughs) White ones. And it looks great. Great. So painting though, huh? Yeah. So, So in a piece, I guess that's one, um, one way to preserve the color then would just be to buy print because then you're not yeah yeah, that's kind of where we we started doing like like originals to actually make prints out of um yeah because it's also it's yeah i mean prints is is you can get like an absolutely amazing like when you look at a print, it almost looks basically 3D. If you capture it correctly. If you capture it yeah. correctly and yeah. capturing it is a whole nother process in itself um, that Rachel does. And, um, but then it won't fade and, you know, you have it forever. But if people, like if, if someone's buying an original from this, like there's so many things that we go over with them. Um, a lot of basically disclosures be like, sure. we are very big on communication. It's just like, this is what's going to happen. You know, we don't want to hear from you in five years and you be yeah, like, and, my colors and yeah. some of the flowers are gone. It's like, we told you this. We're very transparent. We're, That's how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
you got to be transparent, I think, in anything you do <laughs> nowadays or else it like somehow comes back to you. Yeah, managing expectations is huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Do you um, forage a lot of your own or any? I guess that's... So, so this is a really touchy subject. Is it? We, oh. we, we don't. We don't, actually. Um, okay. And there's... We were actually talking to the Denver Arbarium um, and when they go out, they get permits um, to go collect certain species. Um, and we just, yeah, we, we don't, we just, we don't ourselves. Like I have walked down the street in our neighborhood and there's a huge field of, uh, it's, what's that flower? Cleome. Okay. Um, it's, it's like kind of like a weed. It grows like crazy. And yes, I've gone to pick some of that. Like it, sure they mow it down and it's back two weeks later. But like, I wouldn't go into a national park and be like, oh, we're in Yosemite National Park and we're picking their flowers and we're going to press them. Like, I would never, I would never do that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it if I was, if we were like, hey, let's, let's approach a national park and do like a national park wildflower piece of flowers that grow in this specific national park. And we would contact the right people in the national park to get a permit. Like, Mm -hmm. but we wouldn't, do wild picking and some people i know some people are going to be like wild picking is fine and other people are going to be like wild picking is definitely not and fine. we just don't want to hear it and yeah. we don't want to be in the middle of being like is it fine or isn't fine there's so many flower farms that are all over the place and have an insane mm-hmm. amount of diversity in the flower farms and so and then there's farmers markets and there's all sorts of ways to get really beautiful fresh flowers mm-hmm. um so we just can we just do that as like we're supporting them like they're growing it for a purpose and it's absolutely amazing like you get to know the farmer their practices like what they're all about and that's completely, completely i mean in okay all fairness we both drive around with clippers like i have a pair of scissors in my car and if i see a bunch like you know bachelor button here or, or corn flower it grows like crazy just in the on the side of the highways. So I think when we first started, I was like, oh, bachelor button or whatever that is. And I I cut some, but also they seed like crazy too. Yeah, you're not taking away the sustainability of the the species. Yeah. So I think just know what you're doing. Like don't go pick wild orchids or something. But I think that's that's why (laughs) like like, I, 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 I more or less say don't because there are a lot of people that just go out and do things without understanding what could happen. And Um, we actually, we did ask them. They don't know what they're picking. Like there could be a very rare species of a flower that should not be picked, but someone is not, no one's going to do their research before Mm -hmm. they go out and be like, but then again, there's like the California super blooms. It's like those flowers are everywhere. And, but then I did ask them because I've seen on mushroom foraging re- websites, it's like, is it okay that foraging is blowing up this much? And I did ask the people at the Denver Botanical Gardens, I'm like, is it okay with the mass amount of people that are people that are getting into foraging mushrooms? And they're like, yeah, actually, that's totally fine. Okay. I um, think like anything, yeah. you just got to educate yourself. Yeah. And that's it. It's like when you go camping, don't leave, you know, 
the fire stuff going. all over the place. Don't leave your toilet paper. Like yeah, like it's basic yeah. things like that. That is very logical, but you see it all the time, right? And you think, how is that possible? And then you lose faith in all humanity. And so you're like, yeah. so like, don't go picking things, like, because most likely you don't know what you're picking, right. and you just shouldn't go support Rachel might have different views on it, but I think just like most people don't educate themselves to the point of what they should know to pick and what they shouldn't. I think, I think that is important to educate yourself. There's in South Carolina at Lansford canal, there is a specific type of spider lily that only grows in that place in the world. Yeah. And it's only in this one little stretch of the Catawba river that is these rocky shoals that are, it's very shallow and you can, depending on the rainfall that year, you can just walk out there in the river and they're protected by federal law. You cannot just go and pick one. You cannot just go dig one up. You cannot just go try to get a bulb and grow it at home in your little pond. You can't without big fines and problems. And, um, they exist out there and people come from all over the world to come and see this specific type of spider lily. <laughs> and then there are locals that go out there all the time in the river to fish and do whatever. They have no idea. Yeah. And it's shocking because they didn't maybe there was, there's a sign if you come from the right direction um, on the road, but if you didn't, you may not know that you're picking something that will potentially cost you a lot of money. <laughs> Yeah, and that's like that's hard. It's such a hard. It's an it's it's a very hard question to answer properly. Honestly, I mean, it just is. There's just people that abuse the system, and yeah. then there's people that respect the system. Right. So it's like you don't want to encourage a whole audience of people that you know nothing about. Of course. So. Oh yeah, of course. And we wouldn't want that either. Do you press? clovers at all we haven't no we've never like gone out and tried to find uh four leaf clovers to press or the flowers um, oh clover flower i actually did press them, um <laughs> because with, there's a some something called the herbal academy so we're gonna make uh like a medicinal herb piece and mm. so i did find some wild clover like the pink stuff um nice. some of those flowers and we pressed some by of those. By Garrett's though, right? By Garrett, my cousin's house had some. And I think I found some, there was like a field. I went to a flower farm to pick up some flowers, Plume and Furrow Farm up in Lyons, Colorado. And there was like suddenly a bunch of wild um, clover flowering like right mm -hmm. next to their parking. So I did grab some there. Yeah. All right. It's, I guess it's like one, yeah. <laughs> it's like, but it, do you know it's a hundred percent okay it's next to like it a driveway on. i don't yeah. know it's i'm not, not judging so you don't you go in like the national okay. forest to do it i would be i tend to lean more toward um unless you figure out that it's protected somehow um and if it's on public land uh which probably isn't the right attitude to have but if it's a clover or something like that that's common everywhere I don't see a problem with it. I picked clover in Scotland when I was there. So they can come after me if they want to. But um, I did because I wanted a clover from Scotland of all places. Yeah. Like that seems like. I think it's okay it's to. Pressed in a book. A clover. Yeah. 
So was um, it a four leaf clover? You know, I searched long, a long time for four leaf clover in Scotland, and I probably could have spent my whole vacation doing that. And I didn't find one. I was very disappointed because I have a ton of four leaf clovers pressed in a book because that's the one thing that I will press and keep. And I have that's dozens cool. now. Yeah, thank you. I have so a- whenever you travel, do you pick a clover and press it? No, but I, if I'm near, well, I can't say that that's not true. I don't always intentionally do that. But if there's a clover patch nearby, I find myself looking automatically, just habit, like they're going to be there. And so I found some and there's, um, I bought a house once that, uh, when I was in South Carolina and the first day that I went to look for it, uh, there was a patch of clover by the big oak tree. And it was really romantic and I walked over and I was, I looked down and I found four leaf clovers in that patch and I was like, I have to buy this house because <laughs> is, they have a is four that leaf why you bought the house? That wasn't why, but it was a big, it was, it was a big help. plus. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, four leaf clovers are really just like a genetic, um, uh, mutation. mutation. Yeah. Yeah. So it can happen anywhere. It was not like. I don't want to believe the house was special because of that. It was special for other reasons, but um, it was definitely a plus that they had a four leaf clover patch that I could go pick. I actually, I've been noticing, I don't know if I flew, I threw clover seed because everyone's like into the clover lawn because Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be more water wise. Um, And I've suddenly noticed a bunch of clover start popping up in our yard, which we didn't have when we first moved in. Oh, so we're bringing life back or, or just the weeds. I'm not sure. Have you been in that house long? This one we're in now four years? a little over four years. Okay. But so I wonder if the people before you just treated for that. like um, Probably. And now that you haven't, maybe they have a, the ability to come back. Yeah, maybe. Who's in the front? It's on the side. It's like in the shade area off the side of the deck. Cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it, you might have you know these clovers out there. Yeah, I'll have to look. I don't well, know if I've ever found a four leaf clover. Neither of us are four leaf clover hunters. Okay, well, this can you know, be time consuming. It. And it's like, oh, go ahead. I said I want to see your collection. Okay, I'll be happy to show it to you. There are four leaf clovers in more places than you think, and if you get an eye for spotting them. Because I didn't used to. Someone showed me that it was possible. And that's what made me realize that I could. Um, And it's true. Like, that's true. You can go look at a patch of clover and find a four-leaf clover in there. Many times there just are. And you just didn't see. You didn't spot it. There's so many. And they're clustered together so tight. And you're used to seeing sets of three, 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 three. And so you you can kind of train your eye to spot the one that's four. And I've found five leaf clovers before, too. It doesn't wow. stop at four. Oh, wow. Yeah, I have a four. You have one? I pressed five. I have a clover. five leaf clover that I pressed between stained glass because I do some stained glass work, too. Oh, so cool. that was kind of a neat way to preserve it. So, yeah, yeah. I'll show it to you after the show. Because right. it's upstairs. I have to go get it. <laughs> but, yeah, absolutely. Are I you, like, on your hands and knees with, like, a magnifying glass? Just, like, no, usually I could just stand and look. I might have you can just stand like and see you. It? I, it's probably terrible for my back and my neck, but um, a lot of times I can just stand there and look down. And it depends on if I'm wearing my glasses that day. But yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, the cool thing is I inherited my grandmother's Bible. And in paging through it, she has all these little notes. And I was like, you know, I don't know what a lot of these are. Like, she just wrote little notes and things in there and little bookmarks are in there. And when I was paging through it, when I first got it, I came across a four-leaf clover pressed in it. And then as I turned through pages, there were more clovers pressed in it. And that's when I discovered my grandma did the same thing. We've, we've heard oh. a lot of stories like that with pressing, like people will comment on our account and say, oh my gosh, this reminds me of my time with my grandma when I was younger. Like we used to go press flowers. And so it's definitely been revived. I yeah. love it. I love yeah. it. That's so awesome. Well, I'll have to send you some clovers too, maybe. <laughs> no, you keep them. Um, okay. You keep collecting. Keith's like, don't, we don't want any more press Don't flowers. send us more things. People <laughs> offer to do that all the time. And they're like, I'm going to send you all my junk flowers. Like, no. Please, no. There's been a couple no. of people. Well, there's, there's been a couple of people that, that, yeah, like, that have collected. And I think I did say I actually was interested because some of the stuff they were like, they took pictures and showed. I'm like, oh, that's kind of, that's like good press. And like, I could totally use that in a piece. I just don't know what happened to that it conversation. Probably, it just got lost in the abyss of I think things get buried. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I feel I feel slightly bad like when well, things Yeah, but like, you know, I just still feel bad. It's just like you have a conversation and something happens and it just gets buried. And if you don't flag it, then it's impossible it's to find. Yeah, I get it. Without spending hours like pressing each messaging so, so apologize yeah. anyone that <laughs> we did that too <laughs> so I what i want to know i imagine this answer might be different for both of you maybe not i don't know i want to know what is what is the payoff for you what is the thing that makes you go i this is this is what feeds me out of what i do like this is this is this is why i do what i do autonomy <laughs> Yeah. Um, like the like the fact that we're going to be able to move across the state to a town that really doesn't have much job, many jobs. Like we can take this wherever we go. Yeah. Which yeah. for me, it's that's like Keith has been searching for something and this one thing seemed to work. I've been searching for, like, I guess, 10 years now of something that I was I felt good at like I was like I'm good at this you know like that feeling and also and, that felt good like I don't think we're contributing a lot of crap to this world like it's it's not a, a pretty green that we business do. yeah um yeah I think like it, it aligns it, with a lot of our values too which yeah which is big is like we're pretty yeah. minimal people and it's like and then we really like nature quite a lot <laughs> so you know meeting people that grow flowers is they're pretty nice people yeah flower uh, farmers are pretty awesome <laughs> and That's like great. vegetable farmers and like yeah. stuff like that it's just it's it, it really does hit on a ton of stuff that it i think a lot of we've been searching for for quite a long time and you have to experiment with a lot of different things until you feel like you know okay this feels this finally feels good and that feeling is pretty amazing, but it definitely has come with, you know, 10 years of, of trying a million different things to finally get to a spot where 
inside in my stomach feels good. Yeah. I love to hear that though. That is so cool. I'm glad you found it. Me too. Cause yeah, I was I'm sure tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> and you have, um, if anybody's interested in doing what you do or getting involved or learning more, you have a way to show them. Can you talk about that? Yeah, yeah we Rachel. Have, well, Rachel was the, she's the master. No, of this, we, so. we did make a, uh, had a pressed flower course because it was aside from what kind of glue we use. Uh, it was the most asked question. Like people would send us a message message and be like, can you tell me how you do this? And it's like, okay. Um, once you get asked something enough, you're like, maybe we could not to sound greedy, but like maybe monetize this since we have an audience right now. And so let's put it out there. And like, I think there are a lot of people who do press wedding bouquets that were kind of fearful that like, if you teach them the craft, they're going to open up a business and be, end up being your direct competitor. Right. And like, that's not really how we felt about it because this is a lot of work. Like if you want to get into pressing flowers and you want to start a business pressing bridal bouquets, like is it go for go it? Go for it. Because it's, it's like it's a you bite off a lot. It's it's exhausting. Like there's so much that goes on behind the scenes. So like if someone is it seems glamorous, yeah. like it seems like yeah. the best job in the world, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of things that people don't see that's just like sure. holy smokes. It's, and it's like any craft, like there's a lot of things I admire. Like I think weaving is really cool the, on a loom, like the old fashioned way, or like, mm-hmm. I don't know, editing videos. There's so many creative things that I would love to learn, but are like freaking, I would love to have a flower farm and there's courses on that. But if you're not going to put the time or a lot of times people take the course and they're like, whoa, this is like way more than I ever thought it would be. And I'm just going to keep this a hobby. And like the greatest way to ruin a hobby is to turn it into a business. Many times. So, yeah. so that's like always something to consider. And but yeah, we have our course out there. So our course, our course, we did because like we from day one have always felt like we sh- why what's the point of hiding this stuff? And so that's why we did create the course. And it is a paid course, but like there's an insane amount of information in it, and we're like updating so you don't. There's no subscription. It's just like you just pay once and you get all the updates, blah, 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 whatever. But then that's strictly geared toward people that want to learn how to press flowers properly. Like there is a process and like we go through a ton of different flower varieties. And so, and you can then take that one variety and there's other flowers that you can press the same way, blah, blah, blah. But, and then there's our YouTube channel, which is other material um about like maybe how to reconstruct flowers and like how to glue how to make a flower press how to make a flower press and like so there's other educational stuff but the course it took months and months and months to actually do and the only reason it actually got done honestly (laughs) is because literally it's just it's an an insane amount of hours there was there was a guy Bryn Moore who (laughs) sent us literally this is how crazy it was. The day that Rachel, she had spent months filming flowers on her own of like how to like deconstruct press and like all this stuff. And then the day she was about to sit down to like maybe start editing, because editing is like its own yeah. absolute sanity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so 
and we didn't have any background in this. And so Rachel was starting to edit and this email comes through and this guy is, he's a professional videographer, does a lot of documentaries. Like he's so well-versed, has all the tools, all the equipment. And he sends us an email. He's like, I'll do a trade with you. And so we still own, we still owe him a bunch of stuff. <laughs> But it would have never got done yeah. if it wasn't for him. Wow. And so it was like the stars aligned. That's it's literally awesome. like it was an opportunity that it was impossible to pass up. And we're just is absolutely grateful that we had that. Um, yeah. And yeah. not a lot of people. I, it's just it was an awesome opportunity to, and I feel to like go through that process. That's been like the story of our business. It's all just been really organic and things just happen like we didn't try like we were in new zealand traveling for two months last winter we really needed to decompress yeah after like, our first season we were just exhausted so we like last like around this time we booked a trip to new zealand for awesome. two months on the road and we went there and we posted these two random reels like we didn't have much of a following it was mostly local people who maybe wanted to send their bouquet to us who were getting married in denver area um, but then Keith posted these two reels that got like millions of views. And we just like saw our followers tick up by like the thousands. But we had no idea. Like yeah. we didn't know anything about songs or like Instagram or none yeah. at all. And it was just, it yeah. was how the video looked and how I just did like a second each clip. And yeah. I think it was, it was well, just it the was right like, time. Yeah. It was like right timing and then it got shared and like people picked it up and like, I don't know how that all works. Like <laughs> I look at cat videos. On my, <laughs> my, right. But I think it's like a lesson because a lot of people would be like, no, I can't take two months in New Zealand. Like that's, that's too selfish or something. Or like we're trying to grow a business. I think if you just, I don't know. But we also didn't take a day off for nine months. But whatever. Like, I think if you just like do what feels right and start listening, like stop listening to what everyone else is saying you should mm -hmm. do. And just, like do what feels good for you. If it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it's like try something else. If you we know? didn't we leave it. our house, we would have kept working. Yeah. If we literally like if we did not depart from our house and lock the door we would have definitely have continued working because there's always work to be done. Yep. And that's the thing, like we had no balance. There was zero balance. Well, I think anyone anything. who has a decent business doing what we were doing will say struggle it's, with it's, it's exhausting. Balance, They're yeah. all burned out. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> be nice to them. Well, weddings, yeah. weddings aren't stopping. So yeah, there will always be weddings. So there will always be more work in that field. We'll see if flower yeah. pressing is a fad. Like I feel like it was in 50 years ago or something and it's coming back around. So now will it go out of fashion for another 50 years? I don't know. Will there, will there be flowers in 50 years? Oh. I think will be. <laughs> I'm going to be optimistic and say yes. Yes. Um, I think, yes. yeah, I, I don't know. I, just, I think pressing flowers is, is something it's, quite enjoyable for us. It's actually pretty therapeutic pressing them and getting your system down and like seeing the changes happen and like changing out the wet paper for like bone dry paper. Like that's 
fun. Like it, sure. it's, it's, it's it can relaxing. be rewarding. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like, Oh my gosh, like this really hard flower, like we pressed that we had like an insane amount of moisture in it is it pressed beautifully. And like, that's because of all the work that you put into it. And so it's those satisfactions, like they're very gratifying. And then you get to design something with it. And every design is cool. Like it's just what you see. Like, are you happy with it? And it's all that matters, you know, like, yeah. and you can do, then you can make cyanotype things or you can make letters or you can do resin. Like you can do an insane amount of crafts with pressed, pressed flowers. flowers. Yeah, and sure. so it's like whatever you want to do, like there's no, there's no right or wrong, honestly. It's just like, yeah, just, just go for it. <laughs> That's great advice. That's great advice for anybody who is just starting out or somebody who's just curious or somebody who's even been doing that for a long time. There are always options. And I think curious, you just have to keep being curious. Mm -hmm. I think that's like, honestly, a good way to go is if something is like piquing your interest just a little bit, like you don't have to invest a lot into something. It's just, you know, just try it. It's like you just got it from our garden. That's how we started. I'm so curious about what's going on in the side of the street. I'll tell you. I'll tell you in a minute. <laughs> so you can find um, Keith and Rachel at flowerpressstudio.com and on Instagram at flowerpressstudio underscore. And you should go follow them because their art is amazing. And I'm just, I don't know, the first time I saw it, I was blown away. I thought it was so cool. And um, I wanted my whole wall to be this, this, what I, <laughs> this art. It's, it's amazing. I don't know. It speaks to me personally. So um, I'm, I was so thrilled that you said yes to be on the show and that I got to talk to you with or without Trey. Trey, I hope you're having a good <sighs> vacation. <laughs> Go, Trey. Enjoy yourself. Go enjoy yourself. Right. Maybe he's in New Zealand. That would be cool. That would be cool. <laughs> so. Anyway, to um, to wrap up the show, I want to say that this episode, along with every episode probably forever and ever, is in memory of Joe Capone, our moderator, fellow comedian, passionate encourager, and really amazing friend that is greatly missed. Um, you can find us pretty much wherever you tune into podcasts for updates, announcements, more and uh, all kinds of extra things you can tune us tune into us on social media on pretty much any social media on under modern romantic uh thank you everyone and um have a beautiful day you too thank you <laughs> bye